Good tidings of great joy to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Good tidings of great joy to you. But you're thinking about what? What is on your mind that you've been trying to get off your mind, at least for the, the last few days, last few weeks? What worries and sorrows do you carry? What questions and prayers do you have for God tonight? Will my health improve? Maybe that's a question. Will I have a job come spring? Will I find love again? Will I get home? We tend to worry about quite many things this time of year, especially when it comes to Christmas itself. Will everyone like the gifts I bought? Will I get the gift I want? Will we keep family squabbles to a minimum or maybe avoid them altogether? Did I leave the oven on when I left for church? Will all the preparations be finished? Will everything work out like I hope it will? Tonight, today, the most important part of your Christmas is certain. It is guaranteed. You don't have to worry if it is true or if it is for you. You have been given a great gift and a great privilege. You live in the age of fulfillment. Jesus, the Messiah, God in the flesh, has come. He has come in the flesh, as has been foretold and promised. This Jesus has accomplished his saving work for you with his perfect life, his perfect death, his bodily resurrection, and... Not only has Jesus come to serve and save you, but you are here and have come to receive him. That's important, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you've been given the gift and privilege of faith in Jesus, the perfect Christmas gift. Many people do not consider doing those things that our Lord commanded, namely word and sacrament, as a blessing and a gift. For many, church is not a blessing and a gift uh, because church should look more like a Marvel movie, right? And that's what we're used to, spectacle. Nothing special happens there in church, right? That's not what Isaiah says. Throughout Advent, we've been looking at Different promises that God made through the prophet Isaiah and through Isaiah we see a lot of those promises pointing to Christmas. He can help us appreciate God's gift of Jesus and God's gift of faith 2,000 years after the first Christmas because he helps us to understand church in a very different way. In chapters 9 and 11... 
Isaiah announces the coming messianic age. He points us to Christ, points us to Christmas. And so he proclaims things like this. To us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then it goes on to talk about what this king will look like. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice. Don't we want that? And righteousness. Don't we need that? From this time forth and even forevermore. Again, you have been given a great gift and privilege of living in that promised age that is here. Many believers long to be in your shoes. Well, if we said it correctly, uh, they would long to be in your sandals, I suppose. But the new and greater David has come. Those promises have come. He will be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Given gifts from the Spirit, gifts of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and reverence toward the true God. He will know how to rule and be able to execute that wise rule. Isn't that something that we're longing for as well? He will be faithful to the ancient God of Israel. He will rule in righteousness. He will establish an age of peace. And in that day, the entire world will be full of knowing the one true God and his love for them, the creator of heaven and earth. And to him... This Davidic king, the Gentiles will gladly come. What? The Gentiles will gladly come and enjoy the blessings under his saving rule and reign. And in response, they will sing. They will sing. And they will sing the song of Isaiah chapter 12 which you probably recognize if you've ever gone through the service of prayer and preaching, the Old Testament canticle, right? The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his needs among the nations, proclaim his name to be exalted, sing praises to him, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout! For joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Everything in that part of Isaiah points us to Christmas. The Holy One of Israel in our midst, the Gentiles coming to receive Him and singing for joy on account of Him. The thought of Gentiles doing that in Isaiah's day... (laughs) Laughable. In Isaiah's day, they were worried about, well, they they had tough times. And what worry and sorrow did they carry? What prayers and questions did they take to God? Well, they suffered under tyranny of ancient nations, uh, Assyria, and then oppression under Babylon. But Isaiah proclaimed the day when God would reverse this, when God would enjoy, and all people would enjoy, the blessings under that Davidic king. And in that day, God's people would sing songs of praise and thanksgiving. You, 
This is the crazy thing. This is how prophecy works, okay? You are, you are part of this. You're part of it. You are the fulfillment of this that was promised so long ago. For you believe good tidings of great joy come to you this day. You just sang some hymns. Despite all the ruckus and the worry out there, you are in here with the blessing and gift of giving thanks to God, praising Him and extolling Him because that's what Isaiah prophesied that God's people would do. Life with God means that God keeps His promises and God's people receive them. That's what it means. Life with God means God keeping His promises and God's people receiving them in the ways that God has given them. And Isaiah praises the Lord by singing and exhorting one another. Again, saying to one another, hey, give thanks to the Lord, right? The Holy Spirit produces this in us naturally. When it comes from God, it, He produces this in us naturally. It's the old Adam. That's what you got to watch out for. That's who you got to watch out for. We will say to each other, you all give thanks to Yahweh. You all call upon His name in holy worship. You all make His wondrous deeds known among the peoples, the goyim, the nations, the Gentiles, those who do not know God. You all make memorable that His name is exalted. This is what God puts on your hearts and minds and lips. I know. We don't like to boast. We're Minnesota, North Dakota nice. We don't like to boast too loudly. And the reason why we don't like to boast too loudly is for fear that it's going to come back and bite us in the end, you know? Don't talk about don't talk about the Vi- don't talk about the Vikings, Pastor Chris, please. Don't don't talk about it. Don't talk, just don't talk about it. But Isaiah predicts that God's gifts, God's spirit, brings that out in us, right? That extolling, that joy. God's spirit brings that out in us when it comes to Jesus. Good tidings of great joy are for you this night, but not just for you, for all. So to give God praise is to extol His name, proclaim His name, praise His name, uh, for lack of a better word, brag about Him before others. Christians extol the Lord. Believers direct attention away from their themselves and point toward God. That's what they do. The God of Israel, the true God, is the one who is to be glorified and magnified, not us. That is how faith talks. It gives glory to the Holy One of Israel. And it takes delight and joy in His gifts and His salvation. Who like God can make such big promises and then deliver in such unexpected but yet marvelous ways? Right? That's what Christmas is all about. You have a new and great Davidic king, don't you? What the prophet, what the scriptures promised has come to bear. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit 
At his baptism under John, he was endowed with wisdom and power. He healed the sick. He restored the lame. He gave sight to the blind. He gave hearing to the deaf. He gave life to the dead. He established peace, peace with God and peace with one another. And one day, peace with all creation. By his death, he atoned for the sins of all people. And he conquered death itself. And through his gospel, through his gospel, the good news of salvation of the one true God goes to all ends of the earth. Just as Isaiah said. Through his gospel, the words of angels, good tidings of great joy, ring out in churches throughout the world tonight, tonight, and throughout the year. Because God, through his Son, has done such marvelous things for you and for me, it's okay to have joy. It's okay to sing. Don't worry. This part of your Christmas is certain. We extol Him and His saving work to each other around the world, to those who don't know Him, to those who do know them, so that more and more people can join the song, right? Going to church, receiving God's gifts, is a great joy and privilege. The Lord gives you His saving gifts, and there you can give the Lord your praise and adoration and receive those gifts. You can live in the promises realized and inaugurated by Jesus the Messiah and lift up those around you who are dealing with those questions, those sorrows that I mentioned at the beginning of the sermon. By God's word and spirit, what is on your mind in terms of what God has done for you in Christ Jesus doesn't stay there. It comes out naturally. In this and every season, therefore, let us Give thanks to Yahweh, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, our God and King. Give thanks to Yahweh, for He is good. And His steadfast love, His mercy, His covenant faithfulness, all one word, endures forever. Amen. May the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.